Hey man, welcome back. This is Father Joseph, and you've tuned into Restless. I just needed something new to do. And you've joined Joe, Paul, and Angelica as together we young adults seek the face of Christ in the midst of this absolutely crazy and mixed up world. And I want to start with a funny story. So Paul's giving me a look. No, no, go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it started off great so far. Go on. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. So we... Um, so we had a faith on tap at my new parish, the St. Jude's in Monroe, and we advertised it from the pulpit and, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't get a huge turnout. Um, but I did get an email from a 90 something year old parishioner who emailed me and said, I think it's a terrible scandal that you're having a, a young adult Catholic event at a bar. She says there should be no alcohol at young adult events. She sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> my thought is, well, where do you think the young adults are anyway? They're at bars. So we're just meeting them where they're at. But so today we're going to talk about uh, kind of, you know, the Catholic attitude towards drugs and alcohol, because it's such a part of our life, such a part of our world. And I know as, uh, you know, Connecticut's, have they legalized recreational marijuana? They haven't distributed it yet or started the, pro- started the um, inf- getting the infrastructure ready to do so, but it's been decriminalized and it's, it will be commercially available. Yeah. So, so obviously it's becoming kind of a bigger part of our life and and what should our our attitude be? Not just to that, but to, to alcohol, which is you know kind of everywhere. I've been reading this uh, this really good book, but it's from like the 1940s and 50s, and it's funny because it's it's this book about like like little short anecdotes about how to preach and things from a Protestant perspective. But a lot of it's focused on like one of the worst evils we got to preach against is drinking, because drinking is the cause of all evil in the world. And I'm like, wait a second, what? I missed that part of the sort of creation in Genesis where Adam and Eve got drunk before they fell. <laughs> I must have missed that. I must have breezed over that too quickly. Yeah. My bad. No, but okay. Here's a quick question for you. Do you know the number, the first person to get drunk in the Bible? Um, is it Noah? It is Noah. Look at me. Noah, after the flood, he plants a vineyard, gets drunk, and bad stuff happens. Because yeah. mm. he ends up naked and his two sons see it and laugh and then they get cursed and all kinds of really bad stuff happen from that. But I know a lot of young adult activities involve alcohol, of course, and some t- sometimes young adults also dabble in drugs. I'm curious what your experience has been. You don't have to share in detail, but you know, do you drink? Do you have you ever recreationally enjoyed some? I think the, fun things. I think I don't know if it's. I think it's a, in the maybe it's in the United States, but I would say there's a, especially I don't know maybe it's recent or maybe I'm just participating, but it's, it's there's very much like a Catholic the the Catholic. I don't know. The Catholic social scene is very much uh, revolves around alcohol. Yeah. It's not it just does. young adult events. It's, you know, the guys getting together and having whiskey and cigars around a campfire or whatever. Oh, men's groups stay. always involve beer. Right. It's yeah. yeah. Beer, whiskey, <clears throat> scotch, whatever. And, and I think it, there's, there's something particularly, I don't know, there is something particularly Catholic about that. Um, and <laughs> well, I don't know. It, was, it, was it Chesterton who said that the Catholic Church is the only church that sees no, uh, no contradiction between the cross, the pint, and the pipe? He might have. I think that was Chesterton. It was it that sounds like something he would say. Yeah. Solid. Um, I like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, I don't know. I think there, there's, there's something about that with, with Catholics in general um, that, that is, I don't know, it's somewhat special and unique. It's not like people are getting drunk all the time, but there is something about... Um, especially with, especially with Catholics where there's, there might be deep, you know, theological and philosophical discussions. There's something about having alcohol that makes those discussions easier. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, very toss, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my, 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 uh, intro to this discussion. Angelica, what do you think? Have you, do you, do you drink or? I do. I do. Um, 
I stopped for a while. I well, I I never really like started started. I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and all my siblings are younger, so I didn't really have anybody to guide me through any any part of bars and stuff. You didn't drink with four year old Daniel. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then I stopped for for a bit. I I didn't see a point to it, and then I think within the last year I started again. Um, maybe a year or two or something. I my experience has been really good. I've I've come to like appreciate it. And once you have somebody to guide you or like find some kind of guide, then it becomes um, a thing that you can enjoy. And then you're not just drinking and like scared that you'll get drunk. I think that's been a lot of my experience. Um, like, what is this? And ooh, I actually can smell this thing and pick out different notes and I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like a that, whole new world. That totally amazes me when people can do that. Because yeah. I'm like, it smells like wine. I, I don't know. I can't tell. Like yeah. the notes of oak and oh, strawberry. Oak, you, can, like, you can tell oak. Really? I can teach you to smell oak. Yeah. No problem. We At one of my parishes at St. Mary's in Bethel, um, we actually had a professional sommelier who was a mm. parishioner. And he was he's one of only six people in the entire world to have two master's degrees in wine. Uh, it was it's remarkable what he had to do to to get this. I was there when he w- he was training, and he would blindfold himself and have to sample different wines mm. and know exactly what year where it came from. I'm like, how in the world? So he gave this wine tasting uh, lesson to all the men in the men's group just to kind of teach us how to appreciate the good things in wine. And I don't, I personally don't drink. I took a private vow of not drinking uh, when I turned 21. So I was, but I was there and I was trying to do the smelling part, which apparently you can get a little bit buzzed on smelling alcohol because it, it does uh, vaporize. I learned that (laughs) the hard way that night. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Who knew? But uh, I've but, smelled a lot of wine. I haven't felt anything. Go on. <laughs> if, you, if you don't drink, then smelling is probably close yeah. enough. Yeah, for so him. It, was, it, it yeah. made me feel a little different. But yeah. but he's like, you know, sniff it and smell the oak. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It smells like wine to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't start drinking till I was 26. Hmm. Um, I waited a long time. Um, I think partially my my brother was an alcoholic, um, and so that had a big impact on me. And so after he passed away. It was still a couple of years, but then it was like a, I don't know, it was like, um, it was an irrational fear I think I had, mm. um, to it. And, but I'm also like a huge foodie mm. and food and wine mm. is important. Um, yeah. and so I actually started just buying like not expensive wines, but probably more expensive wines than one would do at 26. <laughs> no, to, to, just... to like start drinking. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, because I knew a lot about wine without ever having drinking, drinking it. Yeah. Um, it, does alcoholism run in families? Is that genetic? So he has a different dad than me, and, and they're Irish, and, okay. and they had oh, they did have some some of that um, in their family. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I um I didn't drink for a while. Uh, didn't quite make it twenty six. Um, but um, <laughs> I think you're twenty six now. So. I'm not. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't drink for most of college, and it was sort of part of my identity that I was the guy who didn't drink. Designated driver. It's kind of rough. Yeah, well, and it's, it's funny because it's funny how um, there's like a stickiness to your identity because like long after I was drinking like on the regular, I would still be saying, and one time I caught myself and I was like, I can't, like I'm drinking at the moment. Like I can't say I don't, like it doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I was just a very like sort of squarish, like straight laced kid and just followed rules like, you know, because that's what one did. Um, and so I, therefore I luckily skipped over the part of like drinking really awful, like malt beverages out of big cans that phase of college luckily passed me by <laughs> but um yeah i mean i've never done any kind of drug um but when it comes to alcohol i mean um i think that there is 
I'm really into the like the craft cocktail culture, so I enjoy making interesting cocktails, experimenting, experimenting, experimenting with different things. Mm. Um, and there's, I mean, that is itself, first of all, kind of an art form, which is fun to participate in. Um, and there's interesting culture around it. But also I have found in my own life that it has facilitated all kinds of great moments of encounter with people. And it's mm. deep in relationships in ways that would not have happened otherwise, partially because since men aren't really like capable of talking about their feelings without something to distract them, which is why we like do things like build things and break things and hunt and stuff like that. Like shoot guns. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, talking about a cocktail or like sharing a glass of whiskey is a way for, I think for, especially for men to bond in a way that, that makes them forget that they're being vulnerable. Right. Mm, that's very true. Yeah, it's, 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 it's actually quite true. And I will say that, um, I, 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 when I was with a, when I, in Stanford, at least when I had my group of friends that I was very comfortable with, they were Catholic friends that made me comfortable to start drinking, hmm. which was an interesting thing because I, I was never comfortable before that, like coworkers and things, they would drink just to get drunk as opposed to drinking because you like it the way it tastes, regardless of the inebriating effects. In fact, I find the inebriating effects can be just a, a, a nuisance because mm. I really just want to enjoy Cause wine. It, cause it, cause I really just want to drink more wine. Because it makes you slow down. Delicious, <laughs> you know, well, but you know, there's, uh, I, I've tried this before. There's non-alcoholic it's wine. It's terrible. It's one of the most disgusting it's things terrible. I've ever it's put like, in my mouth. Like, yeah. It's, it's, but part of, I mean, at least with the cocktail thing, part of a good cocktail is not hiding the alcohol but like harnessing it, the alcoholic taste, maybe harnessing it such that you taste that there was whiskey in your drink, but it still tastes good because you've balanced it well, right? So a non-alcoholic whiskey, for example, would just be complete waste. Non-alcoholic whiskey? Yeah. What would it be? Would I don't isn't that know. peach juice? Or no, so it would be peach juice. It's made out of mash. It would just like, be a pile like, of... Like grains. Yeah, it would be a pile of rye. I don't know what yeah, it would be. Yeah, like <laughs> grain corn, juice. Corn, I don't right? know what that is. <laughs> grain juice. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting is what it would be. I'll pass on that one. Yeah. yeah. But so, so that's a good point. So so just like Angelica said, like drinking is really a very social thing. Like you need somebody to guide you and to kind of lead you into it. And maybe maybe that was my issue. The reason I the reason I don't drink is because uh, my first seminarian retreat. I was 17 years old, just graduated high school, joining all these older seminarians in their you know young 20s, and they were getting smashed out of their minds. And I was and they were you know making body jokes and and just being so completely inappropriate that I looked at that and I'm like, I never ever want to look that stupid, and I never ever want to scandalize someone like I'm being scandalized mm. right now. Mm. Mm. And so that was that was for me was it. It's just like I. If my goal in life is holiness, is alcohol leading me to holiness? Well, I mean, it's it could be neutral and it could be good, I guess, in the sense of like gathering together and just conviviality. Yeah. But, but I, for I, me, would I was say, like, yeah, I would say it's part, actually, it's been really good for me because I'm not, I'm a very antisocial person. I'm introverted mm-hmm. and antisocial by nature, um, but it's helped a little bit. And I don't know, it's, there was... I didn't. I didn't have that period. I guess because I similar to what you said, Joe. I didn't have that period where I had to like that. Like you have to get drunk and you you know you buy cases of oh, beer I, and I had that period, but you bought more expensive stuff. I should have been more specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I was like, perfect and, and, my and, and, and all that kind of stuff, which I saw with you know some of the people in college, and I just never participated in that. And that was that was effective. And so when I was so I essentially started when I was more mature mm. and knew. I'm like okay. Like I can figure it out a little bit. There was a little bit of a learning experience, but it wasn't very much. Yeah, and I never had the urge to get like smashed. Like, I just, I still don't want to do that. I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I've never never been drunk, so I have no idea what what it's like. I did a I did a nine course meal with wine pairings once, Ooh. which was spread out over like two and a half hours, which well, is a like long a nine course meal. Yeah, which was a long time, and then I didn't realize that all of that little bit of wine actually does add up. And I got up from the table and that was like 
one of the only times I was like, and then the table got up. Oh, <laughs> that was too Wait much wine. I mean, I wasn't even, I didn't even, I didn't feel it because it was eating. It was fine. It was loud. You know, it's you yeah. Know, and then yeah. all of a sudden you get up and it's like, oh, yeah, that was a lot of wine. <laughs> so, Angelica, what's your drink of choice? New beer, wine, um, hard liquor. Depends. Right now, I think I'm really liking um, margaritas again. Nice. But I really like sangrias. A really good sangria mm. is made. So good. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I'm not, I love sangria. <laughs> yeah. um, I do like wine. Uh, um, I don't. There are like a whole bunch of like drinks that my boyfriend introduces me to. I like a lot of the ones that he points to. I don't know what they are. I don't remember. They have different names. He says they're all whiskey, but they're mm. made differently. And that's to the extent that I know. But I, I like those because, um, well, I like the taste and you can just sip on them and just like it, it slows you down. Um, like not like your brain. That's not, that's not what I mean. Like it slows, it, it forces you to slow down cause you're not going to gulp it is what I mean. So yeah. Mm. Uh, um, so you really savor yeah, the yeah. taste and then you savor the food and. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend suggest, um, getting together to have cheese, like some really expensive cheeses. And she argued that it's a very Catholic thing to do, cheese and wine, because we can take little bits of these things and really appreciate them and just live in that moment, not just to have the stuff, mm. but to do it in community and 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 share that. So I think that's that's overall how I see alcohol, at least now. That's actually a great insight. It reminds me of a funny story. So back in probably probably 15 years ago, the Italian bishops had this big debate as to whether or not fast food was immoral. And of course, mm. being Italian, you know, they, for them, food is a cultural thing. It's you get together with family and friends. And so I think it was like the head of McDonald's in Italy wrote a letter to the Italian bishops and said, fast food means that you're served fast, not that you eat fast. Mm-hmm. Mm, true. Ooh. And they were like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's, so, it's funny because Italians actually have a decent, like not fast food, but like good food, fast culture. Oh yeah, like, you go to Na- you go to Naples, oh, yeah. you order a pizza like portfolio, they give it to you and like they fold, fold it, it in quarters oh, and then they so hand good. it to you and you just eat it while you walk. It's amazing. Yeah, like that's fast food essentially. Yeah, and it's one euro or it used to be. Yeah, Inflation, no, it's, it's like right. two now. So so good, but yeah, that's that's so true. Like that social aspect of just relaxing, slowing down. Mm. savoring run not just you know inhaling well, something angelica said i want to pick up on is that she says it slows your brain down which is interesting about alcohol why it's so dangerous or it can be very dangerous is because it acts as a stimulant and a depressant mm. it stimulates you in like it's a it's like a it's a reaction that goes up and then comes way down goes below where you were so it's so it stimulates you in the moment but then it ultimately is a depressant um it's not it's not a it's actually category it's a drug i believe it is categorized mm-hmm. as a depressant um, so it's really dangerous for people because they'll drink more and more and more to get that stimulation, but it's ma- it can make you more and more depressed at the mm. other end of it. Um, as opposed to some drugs are just like caffeine. Caffeine is just a stimulant. It doesn't have that depressive effect to it. Um, but, but alcohol does. Um, and it can be, that can be very dangerous. Hmm. And that, that's, that's where, you know, a lot of people get in trouble. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to clarify for our listeners that, um, that I, oh, actually, let me ask you if you if you know you know so obviously alcohol w- with any of God's good gifts is you know if overuse is sinful, 
And I believe that, you know, you can be mortally sinful. So what is the line for sinfulness in terms of alcohol? Like when you got up from that table and we're like, whoa, do you think well, that crossed I think, the line? I think, think in the Summa, on? there's a thing where there's like an out where if like if you don't know like the alcohol content of the thing that you're drinking. Yes, that is that's true. like an out, right? That's true. And well, it's not. It's, it's just it decreases your moral culpability. Yeah, moral culpability. Yeah. yeah. And so when you and then, well, that might be the line between mortal sin and venial sin. So I would say, yes, it's a sin, but it's. Like I, I don't know, I did, there's there's a wide range there. I would say that if you're in, I think the the kind of the the worst I see it maybe. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that if you intentionally go outside, I'm getting drunk tonight, and then and then and then go off and do a whole bunch of other mortal <laughs> mortal sins on top yeah. of that, then certainly that that sounds like a mortal sin to me. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about it like sort of working backwards, so like holding like intentionality stable. So right, like cause obviously whether you, what you intend to do matters a lot, but sort of ignoring that for a moment, I work backwards. So like. If you are vomiting or like stumbling all over the place or, or something like that, right? Then that's or, or just blacking out entirely, right? That's ob- that's sort of like the obviously mortal sin category to me. And like stepping backwards, like okay, well, you know, if you get to the point where you're slurring your words, and like you can't like grab a doorknob and you can't walk a straight line, mm. like that's also I would say like on the, at least on the cusp, if not over it. But also, I mean, like an experienced drinker recognizes the the beginnings of those signs in yourself, and you say, okay, like I'm gonna slow down. Mm-hmm. Like the first time that you kind of stumble over your words. Um, you, can, you you think to yourself, okay, like take a break for ten minutes, and you can kind of regulate yourself that way. Like it's interesting that if you are know your body well enough and how it reacts to alcohol, you really can regulate yourself and, and keep yourself sort of in the in the green. But it, that is a, requires a mindset of like I'm not drinking to get drunk. Like my goal here is not to end up drunk. That's not the point. The point is just to enjoy this drink or this two drinks or whatever. And I'm gonna I'm gonna navigate it in, in a responsible way. You know? yeah. I think one of the things that I that happens to me sometimes. And I don't, I never intentionally get drunk and I don't like getting drunk and I, I don't really get drunk much. But sometimes when I feel, when I feel the effects of the alcohol more to say, say it kindly, <laughs> is, is if I, I'll just go periods where I just like don't drink. I just don't even think about it. Like I have like 50 or 60 bottles of wine at home all the time and I just don't touch them mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, and I very rarely like drink during the week or whatever. So, um, but it's when I like have the next glass of wine, even like one glass of wine, I'll be like, oh, wow. Like I really like even over the past four weeks, you lose tolerance. It's, it's amazing how your body adjusts and reacts. And Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe that's why I was tipsy after breathing. That's, that, 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 it probably is true. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's absolutely why I don't drink. I, that, that's absolutely yeah. what it is. Your body absolutely. It's, that's, not, that's the real like, thing. What is this chemical in here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So St. Thomas Aquinas actually had an interesting quote. He said, drink to the point of hilarity. He didn't say, it. He didn't say that? There's that... no record of him saying it. Really? It's one of those like, Kill you know, joy. it's one of those things. It's like St. Francis saying, no, it's uh, like, preach let the... the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words, which he yeah. never, he never or, said. Or uh, let them eat cake and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Those are all just... Oh, Marie Antoinette never said that? No. I didn't know that. No, likely not. But anyway, do you agree with that idea though? Drink to the point of hilarity? I think it goes back to allowing you to, it does reduce your inhibitions and that can be very positive. That can have a lot of positive effects, especially for people like me. Hmm. What do you think, Angelica? At what point is like good and healthy? Um, I think, I think it, it, it depends on the person to their own. It, they need to use, each person needs to use their discernment skills. Um, and each person, I think, depending on where they are in their life, need to decide in that moment if they're going to have a drink in the first place. Um, I think you could sin by just having a, one drink and it, with like a low alcohol content. Um, if you know that in for the past 
I don't know, five, six times, maybe even less, you've made mistakes or you've, it, it has caused you to, to sin in other ways. Or if it, or if you start with the depressive thoughts, like, I think then you should stay away from it. I specifically don't ah, so drink. Like why? Yeah. Why you drink mm-hmm. is equally as important as mm-hmm. what you drink and how much you drink. Yeah. I don't drink if, if I won't have a glass of wine if I'm by myself, because I've noticed that like all of a sudden I'm kind of sad. So I've, I've made the decision to not, even if it's just one glass of wine, because, because of seeing that trend and the, and I, and I believe that the Lord allows us to see these things so that we can take action. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd ask why, why you're, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to forget about yourself, to forget something? Are you, are you doing this to like be someone else? Are you doing this to fit in? Um, I think there are just a lot of basic questions that, that somebody can ask themselves and then they can see if it, if, if it is a sin. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and kind of connected with that, I think it matters who you surround yourself with when you're drinking, you know, mm-hmm. cause if you're, if you're at a good Catholic event and you drink and, you know, maybe you do kind of lose your inhibitions, at least you know that there hopefully won't be any sin involved. But if it's a woman going to a bar who, you know, after one drink, she's very open to whatever a guy proposes, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, I mean, then I think it would be a totally different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, there's all different, I completely agree. And, and, and sometimes like drinking to the point of hilarity might be zero drinks for some people, you know what I mean? No, seriously, where they, there's no, there's no on or off, right? Yeah. Um, there's no mid, there's, it's either on or off. There's no midpoint. Um, and, and maybe that's, that's the way it has to be. For but also people. is it drink to the point that you are hilarious or that other people are hilarious to you? Because like, <laughs> like Christopher Hitchens said that uh, drinking makes people less boring. Like that's absolutely true. Like there are certain social situations where you, know, you have to talk to somebody who's just not a very interesting person. And it's just like, yeah, like I'm glad that this is like a little social lubricant here. Like I'm glad that we got like little, a little, like oh, a little, gosh, little, like, dude, a little chemistry going pre, on here. You know what I mean? Like pre COVID, I would do so many cocktail hours and there are just some boring people. Yeah. And I'm one of them. And I uh, understand not, that. You are not boring. I, I am not an exciting person, especially in cocktail hours where everyone's six foot two and I'm five foot five. Um, it's very <laughs> hard. like these guys got a Because it's, no, so it's important. So it, it helps. So it's important. So when you do, when you're a short guy going to a lot of cocktail parties, especially in Texas, where the average height of a man is like six, four, <laughs> are they it's tall? actually a thing in cocktail hours where people are standing, people link eyes when they're walking around. That's how, and like we do that now, like even when we're sitting in this room, we, look at each other's eyes when they're speaking. And that's what happens at cocktail parties. People link eyes with one another and then it almost, they come together because of that and then start talking. Well, I have a problem because I'm short. And so it's, it's actually quite challenging for me to start a conversation or kind of join a conversation because Uh-oh. I am literally a foot shorter sometimes than the other mm. people. Uh, it's very challenging. Um, there are women. You can talk to women. The oil industry in Texas does not have a lot of women. And that was most of my experience. Although there are some. And actually, it's true. I would mostly talk to women. Huh. That, I've never th- considered that. That's it's really... And so like dinners for me, sit down dinners, like there'd always be cocktail hour and then banquet dinner. Mm-hmm. And the banquet dinner is very important for me because that's actually when we're all more or less on the same equal playing field. Yeah. And that's where I can really interact yeah. well. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I never also, I just that. hate cocktail hours. Yeah, I just have like a mini panic attack before each one. I can imagine. So I a little social lubricant, as you say. Yeah, seriously, it's it's big. So so let's quickly turn to uh, the other kind of topic. So so alcohol, but there's also drugs, obviously. You know, and I think any I think it goes without saying that hard drugs, cocaine, heroin, anything like that, is definitely mortally sinful. You know, without a doubt, and so destructive to our life. 
But what about marijuana? Because a lot of people, and I've had a lot of people, especially high school students, try to convince me that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Is there anything wrong with it recreationally? I think, you know, so I, I mentioned my brother was an alcoholic. He was also a drug addict. And I will say for him that, like, marijuana was definitely a gateway drug for him. There's mm. no, and it, maybe it was just because it was social, mm. right, in college and things, but in, in no, like, there's no chemistry behind it. It was it was more of a social thing, um, but it was definitely that. And I'm, I'm pretty opposed. I don't, I don't like the, I, I, I guess, fine, if you have, like, you know, terrible glaucoma or cancer or something and you're, you know, desperately suffering, okay. But, you know, I, I would say the recreational side, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty against it. I, I don't see much good out of it. I know I've been to Colorado. I ski in Colorado every year and I see it and it's, I don't like that. I don't like that culture. Sorry. That's yeah. my very opinionated. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Although when, when I ran a, a youth group at a certain parish that shall remain nameless, um, we had, it was in, it was in a very, uh, inner city urban mm. environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we used to just get these clouds of marijuana smoke from the people right. who were, lived behind us. Mm-hmm. And I used to joke that that was, that was why we had a successful youth group because it's like free pot and <laughs> come there and just secondhand smoke the whole night long. Yeah. I don't know if it works that way so much, but I don't think so either, but no, but at that same parish, the, the pastor did find a little bag of marijuana and uh, I asked him what he did with it because he told me he found it and he said, he said he put it in a bottle of rubbing alcohol and he said he was going to use that on, if it was like muscle soreness to like rub it in. I was like, I don't know if it works, but that sounds. It's like CBD extract. I, I guess mean, that's so. essentially what it is. I guess so. I, I mean, know. you also have THC in there. I guess if you're not ingesting it, it's not as. Well, I have no idea. I don't know it either. I have no idea. It is a well. That's. I mean, he's smart though because he's using an organic solvent, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> or something that would or digest an organic. Yeah. As good as acetone. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Angelica? Are you on the the topic of marijuana recreational? Okay. Not not okay. Um. I. I. I, I don't know what the point of it really is. Um, I haven't, like, experienced it, so I can't really say, like, this is pointless in that way. But I, just from what I've heard about it and what I've seen, um, it's it hasn't brought a lot of joy, uh, specifically, like, from people that I do know who, who've tried it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, like, having a family and... And then dad's like out in the back smoking weed. So <laughs> I, I don't see a part it of it. It's common. Life. Very it common happens. now. It's, it's very, very common. Surprising now. for parents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but why? Why are they Why are they doing that? What does it just, do to you? It's the same. I, it well, makes well, you high, right? So it's, yeah. it's like a hallucinogen, but, but also, I mean, mellows you out. Yeah. Right? It makes it it's a relaxant and it's you. a depressant. It's a, I don't think it's a depre- I don't think it's considered a depressant. I believe it's depressant. I don't know. Anyway. Um. We'll, we'll Google that on Siri after the episode. Google that on Siri. No, that's not. <laughs> Siri. I don't use you right here. That's right. Yeah. 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 Siri that? I don't know. Maybe somebody uh, on MySpace knows about a father. Check, yeah. the, check there. <laughs> check the Google. Burn. <laughs> um, no, I, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. And I, I think it's the same reason why a lot of people drink, too. It's the, you know, it's, it, it's a similar thing. I, I would say if you're going to like get terribly belligerently drunk or if, if you were going to have a mutually exclusive option between getting belligerently drunk or getting really high, I'd probably might say high because you probably, you don't get belligerently high. Mm. It's rare. It mm. can happen, but it's, it's not as, not as common. Yeah. I would say. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people just go to sleep. 
Yeah. Um, but you lose your you lose your sense you lose you you with 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 THCs particularly you lose your um, you lose your you know, decision making skills and your you know your senses more quickly. Yeah, it's just true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't. I I, I kind of go back and forth because on the one hand, I myself have never tried marijuana or any other drug and would never do so, and don't think anybody should. But I've had a, I have had a lot of friends and have a lot of friends who do. And who use it in a more or less responsible way. And I, I find that a lot of the arguments about the immorality of marijuana break down upon close inspection. So like the science on whether it's a keyword drug or not is very mixed. It's really not it's, it's not as set in stone as they told me when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And like I, I get, for example, the argument that, you know, there's no there are not as many social conventions governing its use as there are alcohol, but like that's rapidly changing. Mm. Um I don't I think for me, part of the problem is that it's more difficult to regulate yourself how much you're having and what the effects will be. So I know that if, what will happen to me if I have a glass of whiskey, if I've eaten a certain, like I know how to regulate that for myself very well to the point where I can go out and if I'm there long enough, I can have several drinks and still be well within the legal limit to drive. But like, how do you do that with marijuana? And if I could tell a really quick story, which is somewhat amusing and I think illustrates my point. Um, so when I was at, when I was at Marist at college, I, we went grocery shopping myself and the three guys I lived with, all of whom except for me took an edible before we left. An edible, of course, is, <laughs> oh, is uh, like a cookie or something that has marijuana in it. So we get back, and one of my friends, whose name we'll call Andrew, because that's his name. Um, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just was, use his name. I'm I was, sure he doesn't listen to this. Yeah, no, he doesn't. His I was, name I was, is Andre. I was in the middle of cooking, and he walks in, like clutching his chest, all out of breath. And I was like, Andrew, you're right. And he's like, ah, I think I, I need to go to the hospital. Would you call an ambulance? I was like, Well, I'll just take you. So. I think he's having a panic attack. So I went to my one friend and I said, Mark, cause that's his name. Um, <laughs> I said, um, I'm taking Andrew to the hospital. Can you just make sure the stove cools down? He's like, what? Completely like not able to process what I just said. So I was like, all right, thank you for your help. Sit back down. You're clearly too high to help me. So I went to Connor cause that's his name. And I said, Connor, I'm trying to take Andrew to the hospital. Can you blah, blah, blah. And he looked over at me from his bed and was like, what? And I was like, okay, you are well beyond helping me. And at that point it was like, had we been drinking, anybody could have sobered up in the moment and got what needed to happen and like help me make sure that the stove I was just using would turn off. But like, because they're all high, no one's helping me. And it turns out, by the way, that my brilliant housemate ran out of his um, anti-anxiety medicine and decided to just self-medicate with marijuana until he got his next dose. And wouldn't you know that caused a panic attack? How about that? I mean, if he was on benzos, yeah, especially. So anyway, so that's my main experience with it and I was annoyed that because had we just been drinking whiskey or something I would have known who to go on to who to go to we could everybody could have helped me but they're all useless because of marijuana yeah but I still like again the arguments to me just break down and I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say to somebody no this is marijuana alters your brain such that it's sinful but alcohol doesn't when they both do I, I think the ultimately what well, but you me, can drink without getting drunk you can't smoke without getting high but okay but you can't drink without getting a slight buzz yeah, and well, and how is it different from getting like a bu- the buzz equivalent of marijuana? Well, like I said, a much smaller amount of THC has a much bigger impact. Okay, but that doesn't mean that, a that small amount. That just that would just mean you had to be more careful with it. Wouldn't so, you couldn't have it. So one puff or one like if you take one. There's puff, there's an argument for that. that. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't said. I'm, I'm just saying that, a, that 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 is a reasonable yeah. argument. I just I'm just I think in practice it's not. Yeah, sure. I just I just don't know how to say to somebody like this is why. Like it's because you can't regulate it. You can't modulate it. I don't know if that's true though. You know. I don't know because I've I don't I've never been drunk or high so I, I've never done any anything with I'm with cannabis sure. products on yeah I mean I'm a person making judgment I just I just have a hard time also I looked yeah. it up it's both a it's like alcohol it's both a stimulant and a depressant hmm. interesting stimulant. 
He Googled the Siri. Googled the I Siri. did Google the Siri. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, That's yep. awesome. I'm on the awesome. uh, National Library of Medicine. On the whole, I think uh, <laughs> to sum this whole conversation up, that you know God created these these awesome things. I mean, obviously Jesus loves wine. He created you know turned water into wine as his first miracle. Good wine. Good wine. The best wine. Mm-hmm. The best of wine. And so obviously he has no problem with it in principle, right? But ever, like any good gift that God gives us, we have to use it in the way that God has intended. So clearly the way in which God intended alcohol is for our enjoyment, but not to the point of losing our consciousness or making very foolish choices, you know? And marijuana certainly does seem to have a lot of uh, good benefits for your health in terms of like if you're very sick. And so that could be why God created it. But I think you know, the church does continue to teach that any time one takes an illegal drug to the point of losing one's rationality, uh, it is indeed sinful. So uh, that would make recreational marijuana not okay. Right. So I do not advocate that, and we can't advocate that on EWTN Radio. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. I, but to be clear, I wasn't saying an argument. I was saying that I have a hard time articulating no, 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 argument I totally, that I actually I totally agree with. You. Yeah. Look, when, I was, when I was about 15 years old, I wrote a paper in high school uh, defending recreational marijuana because mm. I, too, could not understand yeah. it. And hemp, hemp is also a phenomenal, like, you know, make, you can make fabrics out of it. And you That's know, true. We used to have hemp bracelets. And, yeah. George Washington grew hemp. Really? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's that. And on that note, we're going to sign off. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and wherever you get your podcasts. God bless and drink responsibly. Drink responsibly.